The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On this episode of The Heat Check, the NBA trade deadline has come and gone, and as I just predicted, it was quiet as a prayer vigil. A couple of interesting moves I will get into uh, about the trade deadline with my guys from BetMGM tonight, but a special interview is also coming with my man Keith Smith. So do me a favor and drop that motherfucking beat for Should Be Rihanna. <laughs> All right, so one year ago, I had to break away from a Super Bowl party in Arizona to record a podcast in the middle of the night because Kevin Durant got traded to the Phoenix Suns. I can't even tell you how insanely monumental that felt in the moment. And that came after another monumental trade a couple of days before that where Kyrie Irving, his teammate, got traded from the Nets to the Dallas Mavericks to play with Luka. That is trade deadline in a nutshell. That is what the best trade deadlines are. And this year, it was just like as boring as sitting through an organic chemistry class, which is actually more confusing than anything. Couldn't do it, flunked it, got out of it, whatever you might say. As I said, though, none of the stars being mentioned in the days leading up to the deadline got moved. None of them that were even expected to get moved were going to move me. Not DeRozan, not Zach Levine, not DeJounte Murray, not Clint Capella, no Colin Sexton, not even Miles Bridges' toxic ass, who is apparently vetoing a trade to Golden State. What? Miles Bridges? You think you have the ability to veto a trade to a contender? Are we serious right now? So what we got was a whole lot of role players. Uh, and disgruntled veterans getting moved. 
Uh, well, I guess Gordon Hayward's not either one of those. He's like a, actually a pretty impactful player. He's not really a role player. He's not really disgruntled. He was actually happy in Charlotte. God bless him. How are two players on the Charlotte Hornets not wanting to leave that team? How dysfunctional is that team where they're, they're like, it's just vibes and money out here. We're not trying to actually like go out and compete. Gordon Hayward is happy that he got moved to the OKC Thunder, but all of that to say. The two biggest moves were the Knicks trading just like basically nothing, just a bag of chips, a bag full of used tires, which actually you have to pay to get rid of. I don't know if you know that, but if you need to get rid of tires, you actually have to, to give someone money to get rid of. I, that's, that happened. That happened to me. I think it was $12 a tire. And then if there's rims in the tires, I think it's like another $9 on top of that. So actually, for them to give a bag of used tires and get back Boyan Bogdanovich, that tells you how much they fleeced the Detroit Pistons. Then they got a backup point guard in Alex Burks, Alec Burks, who already played on the Knicks and Tibbs loves. OKC trades Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, Vasily Micic to Charlotte for the, for the corpse of Gordon Hayward, who's actually been okay, 14 points per game. And in the second category of disgruntled, disgruntled players, God damn it, Anthony, help me out. Help me with this. Edit this out. Um, a bunch of them got traded. Furkan Korkmaz, who later was waived, he has been begging for a trade, I think, like, publicly for 36 straight months. He finally gets moved to the Pacers, and they immediately say, see you later, head to the unemployment line. Uh, then Buddy Heald goes to Philly. Spencer Dinwiddie who hated being in Brooklyn, I think both times, got moved to Toronto for Dennis Schroeder, who was himself aggrieved after the R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly trade. He's like, yo, what the, what the fuck? Cheers. He says, cheers. Uh, and then they, uh, like, Toronto immediately waves Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So interesting shit there. Uh, the Mavs got P.J. Washington from Charlotte, who, if you recall, was the last man signed in free agency for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first-rounder. And somewhere around the bend, probably in some awesome taco spot in L.A., P.J. Tucker is furious, punching air. We thought we had a, a full-on ohm, ohm Young Music, sounds like a DJ, ohm Young Music article written about what they're going to do with P.J. Tucker's shoes, like 2,500 of them that are sitting there Maybe 250 of them. 250 of them. Anyway, it's a full garage full of shoes that the Clippers are navigating the logistics to get rid of in the arena that they store off-site for P.J. Tucker. An entire feature article about moving P.J. Tucker. Lots of hours spent on, on that article reporting, I am sure, is completely useless because his shoes will not be moved. But that's about it. Pat Beverly got traded to Milwaukee for a second-round pick. Just two days after being told by Daryl Morey he was not getting traded, which is so Daryl Morey, isn't it? Like Daryl Morey is a scumbag. Like not, no shade to Daryl Morey as a human, but as a GM, he has he gives zero fucks at all. He will lie straight to your face, and and then later be like, yeah, I I do that. That was the one thing that James Harden I couldn't understand. Did Daryl Morey just lie to everyone else and never lie to James Harden? And like. James Harden thought he was immune to the Daryl Morey lies because, remember, James Harden, Daryl Morey is a liar. And I'm like, yeah, I thought we all knew that, James. I thought we all knew that. 
Also, the Wizards send Daniel Gafford to Dallas for Rashawn Holmes. For some reason, the Jazz traded Kelly Olynyk and O'Shea Akbaji to Toronto for Kyra Lewis? What is up with Kyra Lewis, the trade ship? Otto Porter, who hasn't played a game in 2024, and a first-round pick, so you know what's, what time it is there. He said, I don't give a fuck about O'Shea Akbaji. I care about first-round picks. Dougie Buckets returns to Indiana from the Spurs. A lot of reunions. I feel like Doug McDermott is going to help this team. Listen, like, you get to Indiana, and you're basically Buddy Heald for cheaper, which I like a lot. That's it, folks, unless you're a fan of Delano Banton, which actually somebody was talking about how the Celtics made all these moves at the deadline. And I respect this man, and I like this man, but my initial thought was, what are you, like, some sort of Delano Banton stand? Because outside of Xavier Tillman, the Celtics didn't do a lot at all. But I let him I let him continue down the path of how the Celtics got so much better at the deadline. Simone Fontecchio, Thad moved. They get, Thad Young get moved as well. The day's big winner is obviously the New York Knicks. They get Boyan Bogdanovich, who the Pistons apparently didn't want to get rid of for years, but they figure out a way to fleece him. Alec Burks, uh, and then Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, who just came over from Toronto, actually, in the OG Ananobi deal. Al uh, finally, Evan Fournier is moved. We've been waiting on that. And Ryan, here we go, Archie Diacano, who I've practiced enough times now to say in one take. So that's it. And, and I think Knicks fans are very sad about the Ryan Archie Diacano moved. I think they're actually more sad then they are happy that they get Boyan Bogdanovich, a sniper who can shoot 40% from three and a backup point guard. They're like, but what about Ryan? But what about Archie? Like, chill out. The Knicks now have five guys that shoot 40% from three. That is the most in the NBA. They acquired OG Ananobi, Boyan, and Burks without giving one first-round pickup. That is some real... Some real OG shit. And I don't mean OG and an OB. I mean like real G, like original gangster shit. They will have $60 million to spend in free agency this summer. So you watch out for the next. Oh, my goodness. The big loser on the day. No, let me say it again. The big loser in the NBA for the year, including today, is the Detroit Pistons. God, they really do stink at everything. They stink at evaluation, they stink at development, and they stink at trades. They stink at basketball. They stink at everything except for their in-arena vibes. The vibes for Little Caesars are top, top tier. But honestly, the vibes at Little Caesar are better than Madison Square Garden. I, I kid you not. Anyway, they trade Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, Monty Morris for... Troy Brown, former Oregon Duck, Shake Milton, Ryan Archie Diacono, RIP, Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and three second round picks. Let it sink in. Let it just sink right in. In other words, they turned a starter and two rotation players into one rotation player and a bunch of G Leaguers and buyouts. That is gross. That is unreal. What the fuck? Pistons. What the fuck, Troy Weaver? What a terrible, terrible year it's been. They apparently already turned down two first-rounders for Boyan, and then they get a second-rounder for him. This is just malfeasance. We'll get more into this, I'm sure, soon. 
If you think that the T is over, it is not. We enter buyout season, and there are now more key figures who can help teams, like Daniel House, Spencer Dinwiddie. Did Robin Lopez get waived, or did he not? I don't know. I thought he went to the Kings. He did get waived. Yep, he got waived. To help me make sense of this, we had a re reaction roundtable on my other show, BetMGM Tonight, which I have clipped for you here. BetMGM Tonight is my nightly betting show, which does take away from my, my heat check responsibilities. Um, and that appears, it does pay me though. It appears on the radio in most major markets from 7 to 11, as well as on Twitch and YouTube Live. It was recorded live from Mandalay Bay, which the heat check probably isn't sending me to uh, for the Super Bowl. So good shit. Let's get into it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Oh, we had ourselves a very active NBA trade deadline today. Not necessarily big, big names getting moved, but I think some impactful moves that really made a lot of a, made a difference for quite a few teams, guys. Yeah, I love this Knicks move. I love Boyan Bogdanovich. They needed a backup point guard as well. I was surprised that they didn't go after Jordan Clarkson, yeah. which yeah. was definitely in the rumor mill. Also, OKC not getting a big man, sort of surprising because, listen, Daniel Gafford was out there. Kyle Kuzma was available. Uh, you had a bunch of other big men. You know, you saw Xavier Tillman got moved to the Celtics as well, but they did nothing. They ended up getting Gordon Hayward instead. So that's that's fascinating to me. If they would have got Kyle Kuzma, I probably would have bet them to win the championship, to win the finals. Really small, you know. I, I, I love some Kuz. Another score. Yeah. Kuz. another bucket getter, though. Who he can, can score, shoot the three, he too. He can shoot the three, and he can rebound a little bit. And so, yeah, I would actually love that pickup. Was he really on the – I didn't see anything with him. He was on the Kuzma? market? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Wizards – It's just well, everybody always yeah. on the market? Well, yeah. the Wizards, have, obviously, I mean, they get rid of Gafford. They're trying to sell. That front office is trying to completely gut that thing and start from scratch. Look, the NBA, we know when it comes to trades, player movement, it's it's a different animal. But I think going into this day, right, the thought was yeah. some of the biggest names have already been moved, but there were right. impactful players. We talked about Boyan Bogdanovich and the Knicks a little bit, but Huge. I think even, you know, Gordon Hayward going to the Thunder, they're all in. Patrick Beverly, the, the Bucks get somebody that can actually play defense for a change. Like these little moves, they may not be big stars, yeah. but they could have a major impact on teams once we're looking at, you know, really, I mean, playoff time. That's what that's that's what really matters to some of them right now. Yeah, I thought that the an interesting one that hasn't really been talked about a lot was Buddy Heald to the Sixers. Yes, yes. They were one of the worst 
three-point shooting teams in all of the NBA, and now they get somebody that is going to take some pressure off of Tyrese Maxey because if you can't get a, a, like a definitive three-point guy, then why wouldn't you just collapse on Maxey mm-hmm. and make his life very difficult? So yeah. apparently Buddy's been trying to get to the Philadelphia for years now, so that's, that's great. Uh, and then the Pacers end up getting – you know, some picks, three second-round picks, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is like an interesting who knows how he ends up working out there. Dallas, though, I thought did it a lot. Dallas gets P.J. Washington. Dallas gets Daniel Gafford. That's that's pretty damn good, Let's dude. Let's go. You know what that means? MVP. Luca. Luca. All we need. All we need. Do you think – now, do you think that makes them a playoff team? Yes. They needed that depth. They, I do. They needed that big. PJ Washington's actually a good player. Yeah. I like that. Um, I know also Spencer Dimwitty just got waived. So he got traded to the Raptors and has been immediately waived. I think Spencer Dimwitty goes back to Dallas. Yes. They love him there. He loves it there. That's a perfect spot for him. He was a great six man off the bench, had some really impactful games in the playoffs when they went to the Western Conference Finals. So they'll get him as well. So they'll end up having. You know, Daniel Gafford, just to be a, a backup big or a starting center, um, depending on where Derek Lively is in terms of his health, uh, you end up getting P.J. Washington, you get rid of Grant Williams, which is hilarious to me, and then you probably get Already. Spencer Dinwiddie, which is great. Yeah. So I don't understand what uh, the Raptors or the Pistons are doing because I get that the Jazz wanted to get rid of Kelly Olenek because he was on an expiring, and they're collecting picks. But why would the Raptors want Kelly Olenek? Why would the Raptors want right. to pay a, a first-round pick for Kelly Olenek and O'Shea Akbaji? That's kind of crazy to me. Uh, and the Pistons, Did they just want the cap space, you think, though, at the end of the season? Is it based more on cap space and not draft picks Maybe and they like O'Shea Akbaji. Maybe. They need, a, they need a point guard, and they get rid of Dennis Schroeder as well. So I think they're, I think they're tanking. Detroit, though, <laughs> Detroit makes no sense. They turned one starter, Bogdanovich, and two rotation players, Monty Morris and Alec Burks, for one rotation player and they didn't even get a first round pick out of it. And Bogdanovich was supposedly being offered. They were being offered two first round picks for Bogdanovich and they turned it down. So I have no clue what the Pistons are even thinking right now. Would you guys say that the Knicks and Mavs are the two teams that helped themselves the most at the deadline? Or would you put anybody else in that category? Celtics helped a lot as well. I I thought that the Xavier Tillman pickup was, was impactful. Um, and I think they need another backup big too. So yeah, I think they help. But yeah, in terms of like multiple moves, I think yeah, it's Dallas and it's New York. Yeah, I feel good about the Luca MVP now with Dallas if they could get to that five seed. And then I I know you you hit on it. I like what the Bucks did with Pat Bev though. I, I like that pickup, an on ball defender, and he's a tough dude. And I think him and Giannis will actually get along. And it's a great storyline because now him and Dame have to play with each other. I oh, like yeah. the reaction when he found out. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, I the got, wa- I got- the, the uh, rock the baby. Yeah. So I think that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, I like that for the Bucks. I mean, it's not going to, like, put them over the top. I still would like Boston more mm-hmm. if they were to meet in a seven-game series. But they needed, you- they needed some defensive help. They needed some toughness. Do man. you think that then they play Dame and Pat Bev at the same time? That's pretty, like, undersized. That's an undersized front court or I don't think court. You, I don't think you can can you uh, maybe no. uh no nah, probably not Pep Evan Dame you might have to because Dame's such a liability defensively it's like you go small but at least the thing is at least Patrick Beverly plays bigger than he actually is so I guess there's that advantage there yeah but he's you know you just need that like teams need that toughness he is that guy yeah right that you don't 
want to play against, yeah. but you want them on your team. Right. He wants and to that's win. where the Bucks are. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what the, yeah, exactly. That's what the Bucks need. The Bucks don't need another ball dominant guard or another guy that they got to get like eight to 10 field goal attempts for a night. They need a guy that's going to go out there, play some defense. And there'll be nights probably where he goes out there and plays like 16 minutes. And then some nights will play 30 plus. That's the other thing. I think it'll depend on matchups, matchups. you know, with him and Dame on the floor. I can't wait to see it though. Now is when the season gets exciting for me. The first couple months, especially with like load management and whatnot, it's like kind of hard to get into because you got football and you also have college hoops. Mm -hmm. But man, now is when it gets really good after the trade deadline, in my opinion. I just, are the Mavs going to be good enough still? Even with these trades that they made today, they added some of the depth that they needed. Yeah. We know that Luca's putting up the numbers to be considered an MVP. But that's the difference between that award and so many other ones. You got to win games too. Now, if Kyrie stays healthy and is actually out there playing, they should be a team that's at least out of the play-in. And that could be some level of an advantage there because Joel Embiid's not going to be eligible this year. And Nikola Jokic has just won it a bunch of times and there's going to be voter fatigue there. So that could work in his advantage. It's just tough, man. You really have to be a team that's like a top two, top three in a conference to really get the votes that you need to win MVP. Yeah. And the value for Shea is kind of gone. Yeah. yeah. And I, I ended up, we, I'm in like a, a friend's prediction pool. And Shea was one of my picks for MVP. I kind of went back and forth between that. And I want to say Jokic, but that was like, this is my sleeper pick. But I didn't put, bet any money on him. Uh, the number, I think, was 18 to 1 to start the year. It might have been even longer than that. Um, Shea was well down the board. You know, Luca was obviously one of the top. Giannis, yeah. AD was even up there. You know, Jokic, Embiid. So I think he was like probably ninth, 10th in terms of uh, odds. But, yeah, I still like the Brunson look, depending on how long it takes for him to get back. But it went from 50 to 1 to 60 to 1 in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something's clearly going on where um, the odds are lengthening. They had guys like a Josh Hart going out there and contributing yeah. and stepping up and even playing bigger roles and more minutes when Julius Randle went down and obviously Mitchell Robinson, who they lost at the beginning of the year. Like, the Knicks are actually really decimated by injuries. Yeah. And they're still winning games. That's, that, that's a testament to your yeah. guy, Tibbs. That's a testament to the depth that they have yeah. and the type of culture that's there, honestly. For sure. They're, I mean, this is this is the most fun the Knicks have been in a long, long time. Speaking of injuries, is Gordon Hayward, like, right? Or is he, is he going to play? I think at some point, they're, okay. they may what they may be doing as well is just getting guys off of their roster and doing the Gordon Hayward reclamation project like they did Al Horford, mm -hmm. yeah. like they did Kemba Walker. I'm not sure when he's going to be back. He's He's missed a lot of time. Yeah, he hasn't played since December, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's been December. That's uh, the last time he, he was on the floor. I think 23 hours ago, the Charlotte Observer was thinking he was very close to being back. But I mean, adding him healthy to that roster. That's what yes. I mean. Is, it's is a, a, great it's a fit. big deal. Yes. Yeah. He's a legit wing. And people forget how good he was at not just putting the ball into the hoop, but a good defender as well. Mm -hmm. Good three point shooter, which let's be honest, like that's what the rap, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what the uh, Thunder needs. We're at the point now where. Luca's going to start looking around. I, I think we're going to start having rumblings this offseason about Luca not being happy. I heard some rumors. Oh, what'd you hear? I hear that uh, Luca might want, well, that Luca really wants to play with Lori Markinen. And so Danny, Danny Ainge is trying to make some moves to get Luca to Utah, which let's that be honest, be... That, that would be great for Utah. And Luca probably it. doesn't care. Luca probably doesn't care about where he plays. It's all America. Damn. We also have a special guest to help make sense of the NBA trade deadline. Keith Smith, the genius from Spotrack and longtime NBA insider, joined BetMGM tonight as well to break down all the trades of the day.
Keith is super informative, so let's jump right into it. We bring on Keith Smith, who I'm sure has had a very busy day. Spotrack the Spotrack the uh, front NBA front office show as well. Uh, I I can imagine today was as it was really with like every NBA trade deadline. There's keeping track of all the moves and then trying to figure out what moves actually made the most sense for what team. So let's look at who improved the most just today, in your opinion, when it comes to the deadline. I think it's probably the Knicks. I, I think that making that move made a lot of sense no matter what. But with the news that came out after that OG and Anobi is going to be out at least three weeks after elbow surgery, that makes that pickup of Bogdanovich that much more important. They're already without Julius Randle for at least probably two, three more weeks. So now you get Bogdanovich. He was going to be a nice fit as a backup forward. Now he'll be a really key player in their starting group. He's going to help Jalen Brunson quite a bit because he can still really score. He can do a lot of stuff with the ball. He's also very good off ball as well. So he'll fit in nicely when Randall returns. And then getting Alec Burks is, is not nothing. That's a nice pickup too. They gave up Quentin Grimes in, in the trade, a couple draft picks, but it, it's still a really good addition for them because Grimes had kind of fallen out of favor after some of the other moves. He wasn't playing as well in a backup role. He needs to be somewhere he can play a lot, so that'll be Detroit. And, and the Knicks got a lot, lot better today. I'm really kind of curious about what Detroit is doing because there were rumors that Boyan was you know worth two first-round picks, and they said no. And now the Knicks... They don't even have to give up one first-round pick to get him and the backup point guard going back home to the New York Knicks. And and they basically get rid of, you know, they turn a starter two rotation players into just one rotation player. Sort of stunning. Yeah, I think for Detroit, we've now seen that they are, they're resetting. They, they've kind of taken the approach the last two years or so of, hey, we don't want to trade all our vets because we're trying to be good. We, we want to be a good team within the next year or so. And now I think they've uh, more leaned into, all right, hey, we're not going to bottom this thing out and completely start over, but we're going to lean into the kids a little bit more. And, and I think some of these moves were the idea behind, hey, let's let's get some younger guys in here. Uh, Samani Fontecchio, they picked up yesterday in a trade. He's going to help them because he can shoot the ball. Well, we'll see how they continue to fill out this roster. I think it's far from done, but getting a guy like Quentin Grimes is, is pretty good. They, they, they did some stuff that makes sense. They should have, by my calculations, about $60 million in cap space next summer, which should lead the league, um, which is absolutely massive. So they'll be able to do a lot of stuff and put themselves in a position to maybe take a Rockets like uh, step forward, like what the Rockets did this year. And then I, I think the uh, kind of underrated move a little bit was they waived Killian Hayes. And I, I equated that to the uh, money ball move of you can't play Pena. Uh, because that's that's kind of what, what was going on there. He's playing way too much uh, for a guy who just wasn't very good. Keith, what are your thoughts on the Pat Beverly to Milwaukee pickup, that trade? Uh, I thought Trista asked a good question in the first segment. Can you play him and Dame on the floor at the same time? Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out. Do they even get along, right? Pat Bev came out immediately <laughs> after and said, I got to fix my relationship with Dame. So clearly that's a couple guys who have not gotten along. But that's like 85% of the league with Patrick Beverly at this point, I feel like. Yeah. I, I, I think you – you can probably play them together. Beverly's not the defender he once was. Uh, the challenge there is if the other team has any kind of size at the guard position, you may struggle a little bit. I liked campaign for them. I thought he was doing a pretty good job uh, for the uh, uh, Bucks as the backup to, to Damian Lillard. But 
they decided they wanted to get more defense in there, and that's something where they've really been struggling. This is a guy Doc Rivers knows quite well and Patrick Beverly, so he, he gets him uh, back on the floor uh, with him for another run here, and they're, they're trying to do their best, they think, to gear up and go after it. And then they did a tax-saving uh, move by uh, salary dumping Robin Lopez, who had the tweet of the day of how much he's always going to cherish his 45 minutes or whatever it was that he was on the roster with Patrick Beverly. Do you think that we're going to start to see fewer teams be aggressive at deadlines given the new CBA and the salary cap and what we're talking about, you know, the first apron, the second apron, and all the restrictions that that now brings to teams that are up against those? I think the second apron teams are going to be less aggressive just because they, they won't have the ability to add salary in, in trades. So they'll be in a really tough spot uh, with that. So I think that's part of what the idea was uh, when we introduced these second apron rules. They won't be able to just jump in there and add all kinds of guys and do the stuff we've seen some of these teams do in the past. I think the bigger challenge is uh, Bobby Marks from ESPN has repeated this a handful of times over the last couple of weeks. 11 teams, so roughly a third of the league, control 75% of the future draft picks. So there's just not a lot to trade. Like We're in a really uh, tricky spot with draft picks. So, so that's a major, major challenge. And I think that's going to kind of keep the trade market maybe potentially a little limited. We've already heard a handful of teams, the Los Angeles Lakers being one of them, who maybe didn't make a move because they'll have more draft capital to trade in the summertime. And maybe that's when they'll make their big move. So we're, we're in just a weird spot. I'm, you talk about draft picks. Nobody has more draft picks than the OKC Thunder. Could have been a time for them to maybe get a, a backup big or just a big in general to pair with Chet Holmgren. There was Daniel Gafford out there. There was Xavier Tillman out there. And instead they go to the direction to get Gordon Hayward, who's coming off of injury. I like the Gordon Hayward pickup, but I feel like they could have made a move to increase their front court size. Yeah, I've been kind of beating that drum for a little while of getting somebody who I thought it was really important to get a guy that could play with Chet as well as back him up. Like I, I thought a really reasonable target for them would have been John Collins had the Jazz wanted to move him because I think he would have made a lot of sense in Oklahoma City. The the thing, though, that what I got told is the Thunder like playing with one big on the floor, and they like the way they can spread teams out and attack off the dribble and have a bunch of different guys who can do stuff. And if you look at it that way, Gordon Hayward makes a lot of sense for them. Now the question is going to be, will Gordon Hayward be healthy enough to get on the floor? Um, but if you're the Thunder – it's kind of a no risk kind of kind of thing because they're in a spot where it was all right where we're, we could take a chance we we traded one kind of rotation guy in Vasily Misic in this deal and and that was really it so why not take a chance on Gordon Hayward see if he's a good fit here and move it forward so they they're they're pretty well loaded even if they didn't get another big they Gordon Hayward helps them with the three point shooting how do you think that this team matches up though in the west with say a team like Denver or a team like the Timberwolves, where they've got a lot of size and a lot of, uh, you know, front court support. Yeah, I think with the Timberwolves, what they would say is, how do the Timberwolves match up with us? Who Who is Cat going to guard in, in this matchup? Can he stay with a guy like Jalen Williams off the dribble? Now, what I think teams were going to do in the playoffs, we saw Boston do this to them in their regular season matchup. They'd put the big on Josh Giddy and like Giddy shoot. And if Josh Giddy beats you shooting the ball, you tip your cap and you move on. I think so. Now getting Hayward, he comes in if Giddy, if that's the treatment he's getting. And you're in a little bit of a different place. With Denver, that was always going to be a tough matchup. It's it's really hard to match up with the Nuggets. I think what you do is you try to be the best version of yourselves 
force them to play you a little bit and do what you can. And I think Oklahoma City is also being very realistic and saying, hey, we're probably a year ahead of where we should be right now. So we, we need to be very smart about how we handle this going forward. I think we're kind of in almost a, a two-year window for them to do big things. So I would extend that out to this summer and through next trade deadline before you have to start extending other guys and the team starts getting really expensive. After the trade deadline today, who do you feel is uh, the best team in the league? Is it still Boston, the most complete team? I think so. I, I think they've kind of got everything you need. They've got really good functional depth. They've got six, seven, eight guys they feel really good about. They, they're not going to overwhelm you when they go to their 11th, 12th guys, but you don't need those guys in the postseason. So as long as they get there healthy and the fact that they've built such a big lead, they're, they're up five games in the East going into tonight and they have the second easiest schedule the rest of the way. That should afford them the ability to kind of rest guys, spot them rest, because their big thing is going to be they need to get to April, May, June as healthy and rested as possible, especially with guys like Chris Apps, Porzingis, and Al Horford, who are really uh, important players, Drew Holiday, an older player. They want to make sure those guys are ready to go. And, and I think by building this big lead and having such an easy schedule, that gives them a place to really uh, push forward with um, – uh, uh, you know, team that should be really, really solid, and they're, they're, they've they've kind of got what they need. It's, but the big thing is, it's now or never for for this team. It's yeah. we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. It's time to break through and finish the job. That is, that is something Ryan has talked about so many times, Keith, because this guy has bet the uh, Celtics more times, I think, than he wants to count at this point winning a title. Yeah. Hey, what about the other side of things in the Western Conference here? I mean, we got the Warriors two games under 500. Lakers are the nine seed right now. They're two games over 500, but both you know, really underachieving and clearly expectations are title or bust for the Lakers. And even though the Warriors have you know, become an older team, they're still thinking something along the lines of a title. Are, are these teams that are really in, dangerous of, are in danger of missing the playoffs now? Yeah, I think the Warriors are, especially because they've still got to jump in uh, to the play and mix. And we'll see with the Lakers. The scary thing for the Lakers is they're sitting where they're sitting. They've had LeBron and AD almost all year. So that's the the one worry with them is if those guys pick up the injuries that they tend to pick up, they could be in trouble. And I think that was part of why the Lakers and Warriors did not go all in on trades at this trade deadline. I think they both looked at it and said, you know what, there's nothing out there that's going to be a slam dunk guarantee we push forward in the postseason. So why are we going to do it right now? Maybe we're better off holding off a little bit, see what we got, and, and moving forward that way. What about the uh, Sixers? Because they obviously needed shooting. Buddy Hill's been wanting to go to Philadelphia for a while. Embiid news looks like it's going to be at least a month, maybe six weeks. Uh, do you think that helps them tread water until Embiid gets back? And when he gets healthy, say right before the postseason, like where do you put the Sixers now in the East? Yeah, Trista, I've seen your jump shot. They've got a lot of open roster spots. You might want to give Daryl Morey a call right now because they're. I, I don't even know who's still left on that team, especially healthy players. Like they did a lot of stuff today with moving guys on and off the roster. But Buddy Hill's going to help a lot. I think while Embiid is out, they're going to play really fast with Tyrese Maxey. Hill's already used to that. That's what he's been doing in Indiana all along. So I think they're going to really, really go uh, and run. And then I think when Embiid gets back, Hield's fine with them too. Their question is going to be, do they have enough depth to get through? They didn't do anything to get a big 
uh, in there. I thought, you know, maybe Andre Drummond might go there or something like that, but but they they kind of, you know, ran it forward with yield and didn't do a whole lot else. They're going to be major players on the buyout market, and I think they'll be in on just about any any uh, reasonable name that comes free because they've got open roster spots. They've got play play playing time, which is big for those guys on a team that if Embiid gets back, they're a title contender. Got about 90 seconds, Keith. The bell of the ball was obviously DeJounte Murray. He does not get moved. Do the Hawks want him for good, or is this just like a couldn't get a deal done thing? Yeah, what I was told shortly after the trade deadline is that they got close on some stuff. It was just too hard with roster constraints and without a cap space team to maybe move some other money to. So I think what you're going to see is the Hawks and maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Lakers, a couple teams that they were really engaged deeply on talks with. Look for them to re-engage with those teams in the summertime when it's just that much easier because you have the, the expanded rosters, you have cap space teams that maybe can eat a contract that Atlanta didn't want to take back. It's just a lot easier to make trades then. So I don't know that uh, DeJounte Murray is a long-term Hawk, but I think for now, it's they're going to keep him and they're going to see what they can do and try try to be a dangerous team in the play-in tournament. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Thanks to my guys, Ryan Horvath and Nick Achu. Rhymes with Cashew on BetMGM Tonight. Huge thanks to my man, Keith Smith, for all of his insight as well. Come back Monday for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which will drop unexpectedly like a slot machine payout or you paying the slot machine at the Aria. Do not forget to follow the Heat Check all season long post deadline. That means download. That means subscribe. That means tell your friends. Even that dude trying to spit game at you at the Aria. Tell him, listen, when you say, hey, you've got a Victoria Beckham vibe, I say, I keep listening. That comparison is a fire line. You're not hollering to any end, but continue to speak. I will listen. Um, listen to the Heat Check podcast. Follow us on social, which I made him do. Uh, at this Heat Check and at Tristan Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I don't give out phone numbers. I give you my Instagram. Holla. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>